again, when you are in a relatively comfortable situation and you feel that you really belong to that company, be open, to be open to, to hear or to listen to any, any opportunity that's coming, even if you think that it's ridiculous because you don't know what is potentially could happen in the next following years. I am Conrad Chua, and this is Changing Careers, a podcast about the changing nature of MBA careers and how MBAs can change their careers. Today, I'm speaking to Miguel Angel Negrete, a Mexican who has moved across three continents while working in various parts of finance. I spoke to Miguel in Singapore and asked him about the different areas of finance he's worked in and how he has managed these geographical career transitions. And at the end, I gave him a quiz to see how well he has adapted to life in Singapore. Hi, um, my name is Miguel Angel Aguayo Negrete. Right now I'm working um, as Fixed Income Research Director for Bank of Singapore. And previously to the MBA, I was working as Head of Corporate Bond Research for Banorte Financial Group. And after the MBA, my first job uh, was with, uh, in that moment, Standard Life Investments, like Investment Director. But in the last, of, well, in 2017, it became Aberdeen Standard Investments. Uh, well, what is Bank of Singapore? Bank of Singapore is a subsidiary of OCBC. Uh, Bank of Singapore is uh, mostly private wealth management. Uh, we are part of the, of the buy side of uh, asset management. Um, what else? Um, we have like $100 billion of assets under management. Um, most of our clients are mainly savvy investors for the high yield fixed fix income. Uh, you've worked in several uh, research kind of uh, roles. First of all, can you explain what is credit research? Um, as simple as that, if I lend you money, is the odds that actually I will, I will have that money back. As simple as that. Um, what implies, obviously, I know when you are analyzing corporates, like in, like in my case, it, it implies first an qualitative side that is mostly like a kind of porter SWOT analysis uh, that, that includes management, um, I know the, how many suppliers, uh, how fragmented is, are, are the customers. It's, it's very qualitative in that side. Also, you have the quantitative side that is analyzing the balance sheet, the cash flow generation, um, and also looking into detail some aspects of, uh, of, the, of the financial notes, like uh, of balance sheet items, operating leases, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's an, uh, the qualitative side, uh, quanti- sorry, the quantitative side can be really, really de- detailed in that regard, especially comparing credit research with equity analysis. So how does an asset management firm use the work that you do in credit research in its work? For example, here at Bank of Singapore, the way the asset management works is that they divide, uh, first of all, what is portfolio management when they have some, some kind of mandates and also like the advisory, advisory side. Um, when you are in a pure asset management company, you write research notes, you analyze companies, and you come with a recommendation that actually the PM may or may not actually take into account, and they will um, 
and they will build their, or they will construct their, their portfolio. In the case of companies like Bank of Singapore, uh, like its private wealth, the same goes for the for those that are portfolio managers that they have their own mandates. But in the case of advisory, ad, ad, the advisory side, uh, they will uh, know, distribute your analysis to the clients, and they may act by themselves or not. So it's very similar in that regard between what is called traditional asset management and private wealth management, like in Bank of Singapore. Um, you're currently in fixed income research. Um, what does fixed income research cover? Um, actually, credit research is part of fixed income research. It's, again, it's, uh, credit research is more about analyzing the, the individual or the, or the company you are, you are lending, lending that money. Fixed income research involves also analyzing the structure of the rates, the structure of uh, of what is happening with the, with we call it with the macro scenario, and 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 we can divide potentially the analysis between top down and bottom up. Top down is more uh, the, the the part of which part of the curve, which part of the duration you are you you are playing with. In the case of credit research, it's more uh, more about like the bottom-up analysis, which credit, which companies you are going to to buy their bonds. So you've worked in three continents, and you're now in Singapore. How did you manage, you know, these big geographical changes? Was it something that you planned all along, or did they did the opportunities just come up? I could not say that it was a random experience. But I believe it's a matter of luck. First of all, obviously, when I was working in Mexico, uh, and then I had the opportunity to do my MBA, my idea was actually going back to to Mexico. Nonetheless, uh, I had the opportunity to to, to be in Europe, and um, and then I decided to stay in, in, in the UK. The the way I jumped to to, to Singapore is also. I know to Asia also was uh, a matter of luck in the sense that um, the, my company was actually going through a merging process and our standard life with Aberdeen and suddenly um, a headhunter approached me and they told and he told me hey I have a client that is looking for someone with uh, your characteristics uh, are you interested and for me it was like obviously during the merging process for me like okay yes for sure I'm open to any opportunity and, and, and when you start looking at uh, the industry this company actually is performing, the way it's, it's growing, um, the team, uh, the, the, the new characteristics of, of the potential new employment, actually, uh, I felt that it was a really a, an amazing opportunity. And also taking into account the, you know, the region, how, is, how the region is growing compared to, to Europe or even Latin America. So for me, it was a no-brainer to take that, this decision. No? At, at the end, also when, when, when I had the opportunity back in, you know, it, in the UK, it also was no-brainer. Yeah, for sure, I was in a very comfortable situation in Mexico, but it was really my, my first uh, and in that moment only opportunity to really play in the big league. So I took it. I mean, you mentioned uh, headhunters approaching you. Um, do you have any advice in terms of like uh, enhancing someone's profile 
so that they can maximize the chances of being picked up by a headhunter? First of all, always be open to any opportunity, you know? Um, again, when you are in a relatively comfortable situation and you feel that you really belong to that company, be open, to be open to, to hear or to listen to any, any opportunity that's coming, even if you think that it's ridiculous because you don't know what is potentially could happen in the next following years. Um, secondly, what I also would recommend is having... <laughs> a really strong LinkedIn profile. It's, um, believe it or not, I think it's a, a very powerful uh, know, marketing, um, marketing platform, especially for us, because at the end, LinkedIn is like a CV. It, you can place any information you want, but I will only place like key, key messages. I uh, know the companies you have been working, uh, the, your... I know your key achievements, the main education, and that's it. Because with all respect, I have seen many LinkedIn profiles that actually, I know the link, LinkedIn profile just pops up and you say, that's boring. I know you only close the window or whatever. So I will try to keep my LinkedIn profile as, I know, as lean as possible, like a CV. So that would be my two recommendations. So you've been in Singapore a few months now. Um, as we talk, it's only about, was it three months, I think. Um, what cultural or professional adjustments have you had to make? <laughs> I start with professional. Um, first of all, the time zone. Um, in, at least in, uh, in my case, I follow a lot of uh, Latin American credits. So at least being in the UK, it allows you, or you have a window of opportunity to, to know what is happening in, I know, in Latin America. But in, this, in, the, in the case right now that I'm working and living in Singapore, what actually happens in Latin America is overnight. So when you wake up, <laughs> everything has already happened, at least I know in Mexico, Argentina, whatever. So uh, I have to wake up a little bit earlier, <laughs> and also sleep a little bit later. So um, that's one, one adjustment, one professional adjustment. Um, a second professional adjustment you have to do is also, um, and it also happened to me in, in, in the UK, um, especially for non-native English speakers, is trying to have patience and tolerance. Obviously, everybody has, has their accents, you may have been used to the accent you learned or you heard in the in the UK. Actually, it took me a long, a long time to really understand Scottish accent. And nowadays in Singapore, nowadays in Singapore, it's it's pretty much the same. I even here are some aspects like that is called Singlish. <laughs> that still is, I know, it's very challenging. It's very challenging, and it's a mix between the professional and also cultural aspect of Singapore. Another point is spicy food. I know I'm Mexican, an outlier, I'm disappoint disappointment for my family and my culture, but I hate spicy food, especially the one that is related with chili. So somehow you have to, to be to adjust your, your life in that regard. So and and I think general those are the major adjustments. One of the advantages of of have of, of yeah that, that I did my MBA at Cambridge is that actually it's it's a good good school to 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 have to, to learn and 
to have tolerance to, to, to different cultures, you know? It, I know that you've only been here for, uh, in Singapore for about two, three months. So I'm just going to give you a, a little test to see how well you <laughs> you learn Singapore culture. So there'll be three questions. The first one is, have you had a durian? Have you eaten a durian? Uh, the fruit directly, no. But I tried, <laughs> I tried a durian ice cream and it was disgusting <laughs> very strong flavor and 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 the other is very the other is very strong so yeah right now i have been very respectful regarding durian that's why i i myself can't can't really stand the durian taste smell either so i'm a disgrace to my family yeah, it's, it's impressive because you go to the mrt and and there is actually a prohibition to eat durians i know it's actually the fine is one thousand singaporean dollars is yeah, it's crazy. So the second question is, do you know what does the word chope mean? Chop. 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 Uh, chop soy? No, no. Ah, no. So uh, when you go to uh, a hawker center or a food court uh-huh. and you see uh, people put leaving bags of tissue paper on the chairs or tables, uh-huh. that means they have choked that see they've reserved ah. it while they go and order their food all right mm-hmm. okay and the last question is do you know what does kiasu mean kiasu <laughs> no 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 idea uh, so kiasu is uh, a, a mentality that is very common in Singapore, yeah, where people are, it literally means afraid to lose. So people will uh, try to be first in a queue or they will uh, try to get things quickly, right? Because for fear of losing out. Wow. Yes, well, to, to be honest, I know when I have been in the MRT, I have seen how people actually run just to be the first in the staircase and no, no, the, 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 However, when they walk in the streets, they tend to be relatively passive, maybe because potentially they are shopping. But no, 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 for sure. I know life can be really, really fast here. All right. So uh, hopefully the next time we meet, you'll be able to learn more about Singapore culture. No, definitely. Definitely. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Miguel in Singapore. I know many listeners are interested in making a career transition. And his comments about being open to opportunities and getting ready to accept diverse cultures are important signposts. If you like this show, remember to subscribe to our podcast and leave a rating to help others discover this show. Till next time, this is Conrad Chua on Changing Careers. (laughs) 